All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. Excited to be here with Madeline all the way from Hong Kong this morning. Uh, she works at the International School of Hong Kong. And so I uh, appreciate you, Madeline, getting up at 5.30 on a Friday morning to record a podcast with us. Uh, Madeline reached out. Uh, she's been using some of our free resources, which we really appreciated. So we thought we'd chat about how those have been going in your classroom, mention those free resources. And of course, there'll be links to everything in the show notes below. Madeline, thank you for joining us. Uh, give us a little bit about your background, introduce yourself, and how'd you? what's your journey in education look like? All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I like getting up early when, when I'm forced to. <laughs> um, so this is my 15th year teaching um, and teaching internationally. Um, although I'd like to say that I really had a clear path into education, it really wasn't. Um, I, came, I come from a family of teachers and um, just growing up, seeing how hard my parents worked and how much work they had to put into the to the profession, I really, I, I'd never thought in a million years that I'd ever be a teacher. Um, I really was just wanting to get into languages. Um, I wanted to work for the UN. And um, I ended up going to Pakistan to uh, actually meet my parents and then ended up meeting my husband, who was already a teacher. So the oh, cool. UN thing didn't work out. Um, but I ended up, one of my first jobs um, with a school was working at a small NGO there, the Manaz Fatima Foundation. And they run special needs schools up in the villages of Gilgit, Pakistan. So oh, cool. I got to write stories about children with cerebral palsy and blindness um, and other special needs and how they access schooling. So I think just that whole experience of going to Pakistan and then seeing those kids there, um, the, the humanitarian aspect of that <clears throat> really opened my eyes and it was really life-changing. So I thought, you know what, this, is, this could be really fulfilling. And I pursued uh, my master's uh, focusing on language learners. So very cool. Um, this is our fifth, sixth international school now with my husband. So we've had kind of lo long journey. So where else have you been? Um, from Pakistan, we went to China. Then it was Vietnam, uh, Korea, where I met you uh, yeah. once. And then um, Korea, Tha Thailand, <laughs> and then here. Oh, wow. Sometimes I have to use my fingers to. to I know. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's the the life of an international educator for sure. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, you've you've seen some beautiful beautiful places and got to live in some incredible places as well. So Absolutely. it's always great when we get to reconnect with our inner our international folk. Trisha and I are always like, oh, do we need to go back overseas? I don't know. It's a, it's so fun uh, yeah. to remember those things. But uh, so let's talk about this. Uh, we actually reconnected again on Twitter because you were sharing uh, some aspects of some of our free guides, which everybody probably should know by now. You go to shifting schools.com. You click out free guides at the top and there's over 60 of them in there now. And we're making more every week, but you said that you used our free guide learners focus, learner focused goal setting. We'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well uh, with your seven grade cohort kind of maybe walk us through. How did you use that guide? Did you find it helpful? Just uh, what, what did you do with that? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and also thank you for all the amazing resources um, I also have to give a huge shout out here to Danielle Rickert. Um, I used to teach with her in Vietnam, and uh, she also just moved here from PSI school in Kiev, Ukraine, just at the beginning cool. of this year. So she's had a very interesting journey to get here, but I'm just so excited that I get to work with her again. And she she was a literacy coach 
And she was the one who at the beginning of this year was like, hey, do you know shifting schools? I love it. And so <laughs> ever since then, I like I, it's been part of my routine to check out what's what's available there. Um, cool. So, yeah, for the learner-focused goal setting um, resources, I was just so excited when I came across them, um, in particular with my grade 7 cohort. Uh, to give you a little context, they, they are amazing academics. They're just really they're these kids are brilliant and they come from really privileged families they they remind me a lot of ninth graders that i used to work with mm. and they just they stun me with their knowledge and and their thoughtfulness um they also happen to be in the math plus program here and they happen to have a very strong competitiveness to them so mm. generally they they put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform at a really high level and to mm. always have the exhibiting depth um score the highest level on our, our proficiency scale. Um, and you know, I think, I don't think that's necessarily, um, unique to, to, you know, your international kids. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just, you know, I think even in comparison with my eighth graders, this group tends to Mm. have more of that focus on, on grades. And, and then it just gets tricky when you're trying to develop a sustainable culture of workshop style instruction. And you really want kids to be open to sharing their drafts, their thinking and their, you know, like messy ideas or or receiving feedback. Um, It's something that I have to like keep working at continually Mm. almost every day there's some sort of message underlying message that you know we're not trying to perfect every little assignment we're really working for growth over time on the standards and i just have to circle back to that message um so when i came across the learner statements i felt like it was another way for me to do that um we were starting our like third piece of an argument um in a right argument unit and i was noticing that quite a few of my students were feeling very, very demoralized. They were really stressed out about the fact that they had gotten developing on their previous um, arguments. And Mm -hmm. so I just felt like I needed to take a step back and um, make sure that they were in the right mindset to be able to then launch into that lesson for the day, which was co-assessing student work, looking at student work and how, you know, they would fit on the continue on the proficiency scale. Um, So, I decided to take one piece of that learner statement and really just use the Sometimes You're a Caterpillar video in their notebook work, their daily um, writing for the day, their prompt for the day. Um, And in that video, there's uh, the caterpillar and the snail, and it's a metaphor for how we're all um, different and we all have different pathways. um, and, And we don't always know what, you know, how other people, what other needs other people might have. Sure. Um, So, I thought it was a great, uh, you know, you know, for the English lesson part of it too, or the English teacher in me, that metaphor there. And then um, the, the video that lent itself really well to this message. So we watched the video and, you know, I also modeled for them how I, how I might write a learner statement for myself. You know, how do mm. I want to be supported as a learner? And then how will I support other learners? Oh, and I love that. We spent a few minutes drafting, um, crafting it. And what I did was I made sure that there was a shared Google Doc where we could all put our, our uh, learner statements on there. And I'm calling them version one <laughs> because they do feel a little bit contrived at this point um, because, mm. you know, watching me give my example, I said, well, maybe, you know, as a learner, I want to make sure that I, I get clear feedback mm. from um, 
other people to support my learning. And so a lot of them wrote that down as well. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, there were, some, there were some kids, this is like not, not really something they're used to doing. So there were some kids who wrote something different and I made sure to point that out. Um, one kid wrote, as a learner, I will ask questions and advocate for myself. Um, mm. And I'll be inclusive of those with different levels and, and not judge them. So I, I pointed those out. And I think, you know, as we keep moving through the year, this is just something so valuable. It's such a, it's such a, um, you know, rich resource and mm. something that they've crafted that we can come back to later in the year. I'm also planning on using them during their upcoming parent conferences and having them add them to their Google site. So anyway, we, we crafted those learner statements, that same lesson. So taking a step back before we then went ahead with co-assessing student work together. So I really think, you know, that that will help them, that it, it helped them set the right, like put them in the right mindset first. Mindset. Yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and That's so good. I'm looking forward to later on in the year, seeing how they're, they might be a little more open to thinking about, like really thinking about themselves, what do they need? And not just um, maybe looking at what I write. Copying the teacher, right? And I think you, you hit on a really, you know, I think that's a really good point to stop and point out is, especially when we're asking kids to be vulnerable and what do I need as a learner? How can I support other learners? You're asking, when you're, when you're asking learners to be vulnerable, you have to give them multiple opportunities to get to that depth of vulnerability. Seventh graders are not going to give you the depth of vulnerability the first time you ask them a question. You know, you wrote on the board, this is the way I could support other learners. And they're all like, oh yeah, feedback sounds good to me too. I'm just going to put that down, right? Because that's what we do. Um, so I love the idea of being able to come back to it again and again and again. And I think we forget that sometimes. We feel like we've always got to have the new show, the new dance, yeah. Where yeah. if you repeat these things, you allow a learner to get to that next level. Um, I think that's so important, especially I think middle school, you know, middle school age st students specifically who are still trying to figure out who they are and what they need uh, is a great right. time to be practicing this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Talk a little bit about these Google sites. What, what are you doing there? You have a Google site portfolio? Also very new. <laughs> mm. Yeah, talk um, about that bit a sec. Yeah, so you know we've sh we're trying to shift a little bit more into putting agency into the students' hands, and instead of calling it parent conferences, there are parent-teacher mm. conferences. We want it to be student-involved conferences, really get their voices in there. And uh, one way I I would like to do that is using their Google Sites. The great thing though is um, these kids here every year, they, they have already been working on a self-motivated learning project. So oh, they cool. already had this um, Google site ready to roll. It was just a matter of, Hey, what are we, what can we do with it? What else can we do with it? So something new, um, trying it out and having them add in, you know, pieces that they're proud of explaining their work as a learner related to ELA, but then also including at the top in their banner, um, their learner statements right there and oh, having them that. talk a little bit to their parents about it. Their learner statements. I love that. Having a learner statement. That's, that's so cool. Uh, you also talked about using our new feedback menu, which we shared. Can you talk more about 
uh, that, the menu, uh, some of the practices you have around feedback in your classroom as well? Yeah, sure. Um, so with the feedback menu, uh, well, first of all, all of your resources are so uh, visually um, well designed. So they, oh, you know, thanks. I feel That's like all Trisha. Can... I wish I could take. I wish I could take credit for any of it. It's all Trisha. <laughs> She's and, amazing. Know, busy, teachers, busy teachers need that, right? We we don't have yeah. the time to sit and really, as much as yeah, we want to. So I would true. love to do that. But, yeah. Yeah. So being able to be like, oh, yes, that's going to fit with our conversation today, whether it's working with students or with teachers. It's it's so great. And so this one, awesome. um, it just, again, offers another way to circle back to the to that, to that message that, you know, we have to be proactive in our own learning. I've used before with students, um, Penny Kittle and uh, Kelly Gallagher's idea of like the victim to agent continuum from their 180 days book where it's like, you know, you go from the mindset of like, I have no idea what to write. Just tell me what to write to, hey, yeah. I've got all kinds of ideas in my life. I can I can figure this out. So um, the feedback menu also offers that. It's like, you know, just I, I can figure most of this out, but I need specific help on, you know, my hook. Like what what mm. is it that you need? Or, or thinking to yourself, you know what, I just need another resource. So putting that up there in front of the students first and be like, okay, think – through specifically what are you what are we going to target in our conversation plus you know you've got 24 kids in the class you know you're yeah. you got it you have to you have focus your conversation too so that also helps with the, t- the time piece of it awesome um, yeah I, I, it's just so useful because you know they it's um same thing with you know being open being vulnerable as a learner they continually want to, um, they want the teacher, they want that reassurance from the teacher to say, hey, yes, you've done everything correctly. This looks you yeah. know, uh, perfect. But we have to help them be their own editors and, and have that agency. So, Yeah, I love that. And I'm so glad that you're loving this, the, the grab and go resources, you know, the plug and play resources, as we call them. Uh, a big, again, a big shout out to Trisha. She loves making those things. So if any other teachers, if there's something you're like, Hey, I wish there was a resource on this. Send us an email. Trisha loves making those. Uh, I can't stop her from making them. So she just keeps making them (laughs) even when we don't need to. It's just unbelievable. It's her way of giving back. You know, we all have our ways of giving back uh, to education and and that's, uh, she finds joy in that. So uh, it's so great to hear, to hear people using them as well. As we get ready to kind of wrap this up, uh, can you maybe talk about as an adult learner yourself? Uh, can you talk maybe mm-hmm. about goal setting, settle, setting, sorry, or delivering feedback is similar or dissimilar to the ways we operate in our classrooms with younger learners? Like, what are you finding as you're kind of going through this as an adult learner and, and the way we do feedback? Yeah, I find this question very challenging. This is mm. this is a tricky one because when I think about you know things in my life that I truly want to get better at, it's it's mm. something intrinsic and it's something. The way I go about it is I write about it, I talk to other people about it, and I read a whole ton about it. Um, and it's it's not really something that someone else is telling me, hey, you need to have a goal on this. Um, so I feel like you know in school. We have a we have it's really easy for us to um, make learning feel like a series of check check boxes and like hoops mm-hmm. to jump through. And unfortunately, sometimes when it comes to goal setting, I feel like that intrinsic nature of it um, 
the authenticity is lacking. So it, this is challenging. I know that, you know, also as, you know, um, novice learners, perhaps that they, these are things, these are skills that we have to continually scaffold before they can mm, yeah. have that more intrinsic desire. Motivation, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure, too sure about that, but, um, uh, you know, I just try to bridge that gap by showing students genuinely what I'm trying to work on for reading, writing, or other things and mm. update them on my progress. Um, and I'm not sure if this last part, I'm not sure if I wanted, like if, uh, this was something that, uh, we want, I wanted to, or share. (laughs) But the interesting backstory to this lesson was it also happened to be a full block observation and, um, an an announced observation. We have a, a really, um, rigorous, uh, appraisal, appraisal process in Mm -hmm. year two. So there's a lot of observations um, happening. And interestingly, uh, one piece of feedback I got for this lesson was that the, <laughs> the sometimes you're a caterpillar video might have been more distracting than really reinforcing the, the message of inclusivity. Um, mm. And I get why my administrator would have said, said that and perhaps sure. you know, maybe not playing all the way to the end of the video when the caterpillar and snail finally get to the party. Um, ah. But, um, you know, that the, the, also I was given the suggestion, Hey, maybe you can use this in parent conferences. So it was kind of like, mm. you know, that feedback was more one way. It wasn't really a conversation. Mm. And so there is, I, there is that emotional, like high up and down of receiving feedback in that way. And I think that's mm-hmm. very similar actually to what our students probably experience. It's, it's very emotional, <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and it's also really easy to tell our students, "Hey, you need to have a growth mindset. Um, you know, you need to be open to criticism and all this." Right. But it's it's much easier said than done, right? So true. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Uh, I mean, that in itself, I think, is a, is a lesson to all of us, you know, to be vulnerable in sharing things like during this observation, I got feedback. And the thing to understand is, you know, I think there's two things to take from that. Are are we inviting feedback as, uh, as a conversation, right? Is, is feedback a conversation or is the feedback feeling, like you said, it feels one way. It doesn't feel like a conversation. Uh, and, and I think that is something for us always to keep in mind as educators as well. When I'm giving feedback to students, am I inviting a conversation about that feedback? Because that's truly what feedback is. A feedback is you should feel like it's a conversation about my idea, right? And again, I, I think, and, and I've really been harping on this lately in a bunch of different podcast episodes for those that listen all the time. But this idea that we have to be okay, and I think we have to teach students that when we get feedback on our idea, it's not feedback on us being a horrible teacher or a horrible student. It's feedback on the idea we have, right? It's feedback on you chose this video and you chose to play it. It had nothing to do with you being a teacher. It had to do with a choice you made. 
and there was feedback on the video. And sure enough, yeah, could I have paused it before it hit the, you know, the end? Could we have only watched half it? Sure. There's a lot of different ways you can you can do that, but it's really hard to not take that feedback personal of like, oh my gosh, the person doesn't like me, or my teacher doesn't like me, or I got a horrible score on this. No, we're looking at your idea and and helping people separate feedback on your idea versus feedback on me is different. I get plenty of feedback on me from my wife. That's about the only person that gives me feedback on me personally, right? My coworkers, uh, you know, school districts that I engage with are feedbacks about the ideas we have and, and being able to, to be in that and understand that feedback is a conversation I think is a critical skill uh, that we all work on. And then same with administrators, you know, giving that, is it a feedback loop or is it a one way written statement? Oh, maybe you could have done this. Well, that's not feedback. That's just suggestion. And there's a difference between a suggestion and an actual feedback loop, right? So this is always something to remember. Uh, I love that though, but the feedback loop. Yeah. And we all too often, we, we don't close that loop, right? We, we give suggestions and then whether or not you decide to take it, that's, that's up to you. I mean, I told you, you know, (laughs) it's not an actual conversation. And I think we just, we got to remember that. Uh, And I, I mean, does it take time? Yes. What's the one time teachers, what's the one thing teachers don't have enough of? Time. And so it's, it, it gets left off a lot, you know, but, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I love the new feedback menus is I hope that they help to support teachers in having the loop, right? What are the questions that we can ask so that we get into this conversation with kiddos? But uh, that's so great. If, um, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because it's such a key thing and you're not the only teacher that's been there and been like, oh yeah, yeah. Look at the way I get feedback too. And how do I, you know, reflect on, on feedback that we all get? Cause it is. It is what it is. And and that's great. Um, As we get ready to wrap up here, uh, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to connect with you, uh, I know you're on Twitter. Do you want to, where else can people find you? They can find you on Twitter. Give us your handle and and any place else you'd like to connect. That'd be great. Yeah. The Twitter handle. Yeah. That is that that's your that's your number one place, your Twitter handle? I, we can connect I, there. I huh? am the worst social media person, I'll just say that. I, <laughs> I had, my that's Twitter okay. was dead for the longest time until recently. Oh well there you go. And look, it got you on the podcast. So you just never know, right? You just I never know. Facebook, I don't have Instagram, so Well, that's all right. <laughs> hey, Twitter is where most teachers hang out, so you're in the right spot. Uh, you're in yeah. the right spot. Well, we'll make sure that a link to all the guides and a link to your Twitter account is there. Uh, and hopefully people give you a shout out after this episode as well. Uh, reach out and connect because we can all grow our networks on Twitter. It's a great place to be. Madeline, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today and sharing your experiences with some of our free guides. Thanks so much, Jeff. <laughs>